to, to call him a friend, a, a partner in ministry. Uh, at, at times, we call, each other the, we call each other all times of the day, right? And I love to share with my friend, Pastor Robert, right? He's a good man, anointed and called. Uh, let's uh, give a, a, an applause as he comes up. The Lord is good, amen? his mercy endureth forever. If you could just stand for a moment. We're going to read from the Word of God. Um, Book of Acts, chapter 4. You can open up your scriptures, your Bibles, your apps. The Lord has laid a word on my heart for the church of God. I pray that we would receive it, it would fall on fertile ground and give fruit in its due season. And we'd be attentive to all that the Lord would want uh, for us and from us. Book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 31 to 33. 31 to 33. The Word of God is read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. After they prayed, not before, but after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And all the believers, not some, all the believers were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them. Let us pray. Father, we come before your presence this morning. We present ourselves to you. We ask you that you would have your way, that you would speak to your people. Holy Spirit, use me as an instrument, Lord, as a vessel. I hide myself before you and behind you, Lord, and I pray that it would be you speaking to your people. I pray that our hearts and our minds and our ears would be attentive to all that you wish to speak to us this morning and that you would be glorified, my God that you would be lifted up, that you would be exalted, that your name would be made famous throughout all the earth, my God. I pray that you would bring a fresh wind of your presence throughout this hour, throughout this moment, my God. I pray that you would touch every heart, every mind, from the youngest to the oldest, my God. I pray that we would leave here impacted, transformed by your word, my God, because it's only by your word that we can be transformed, that we can be changed, that we can be made new, made whole. And so I ask you, Holy Spirit, these things, believing and trusting, my God, that you are already at work in your house and in the hearts of your people. And we say, Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning, I'm going to be sharing under the theme, the growing church. Can you say that? The growing church growing church. 
How does an organization go from 120 people to tens of thousands in one century? The church had no printing press media ministry. They had no church building. They had no social media. They had no videos. And how we find out the answer to this question in these scriptures will be indicative and point to a roadmap for a growing church. In Acts chapter 4, we see the menace and the assault on the church, on the early church of God. The Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They did not believe in the hope that we find in Christ. And they were a leading motivation for arresting Peter and John. So in chapter 4, we're going to set the, the, the stage for the persecution that Peter and John are facing. It is believed that they were held overnight because they were not enough time for the trial before sunset. And Luke writes in chapter 4, he goes to point out the numerical growth that the church had experienced despite the persecution and the hostility that they were facing. In Acts chapter 4, the authorities question by what authority were Peter and John healing. And Peter's boldness is remarkable given his background as a fisherman. We notice that Peter is a fisherman, and he is before the most powerful leaders in Israel at that very moment. All who knew the scriptures, all who were very intelligent. And in verse 8, Peter responds to them by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he tells them, The man healed was in the name of Jesus Christ. And the second message was that the rejected cornerstone, Jesus Christ, was the foundation in which he was building his church. Now, this is remarkable because the Jewish leadership had rejected Jesus. And here, Peter is telling them that it is Christ and Christ only that man can find salvation for their lives. And in chapter 4, verses 13 to 22, I don't have time to read it this morning, but these Sanhedrin realized that these were unschooled men who had power and who had boldness. They were followers of Jesus Christ. They also wasn't present for the trial because these men were healed and there was nothing they can say. And as a result of this trial and the healing that God had done in verse 21, the people believed and soon were praising God for what had happened. The early church was known for having spent time in the upper room. They had seen miracles. We had seen Peter's first sermon where thousands come to be saved, where the lame man at the beautiful gate receives healing. But the truth is that this is a byproduct of a church that was praying, loving, and witnessing. And my first point this morning in verse 31, if you're taking notes, it was a praying church. The early church was born in a prayer meeting. The early church was born in a prayer meeting. It wasn't born by an organization. It wasn't born by leaders. It was born by people that hungered and wanted the presence and the outpouring of God. And there were those who were willing to wait to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They weren't too busy with their own agenda. They weren't too busy with their own way of living. But yet they submitted themselves and waited for God to do what he had promised to do. And so we see that there were men and women who were gathered together waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible tells us that men and women prayed in one accord. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. In other words, prayer was their common language regardless of the different nationalities. Prayer was their common language. In the church of God today, prayer must be our common language. You might speak one language, I might speak another, but what joins us together is the language of prayer. When we hunger and when we thirst for God, we are all connected together as one. And so they prayed and they were filled with the Spirit of God. Verse 31. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit of God? It implies supply. It implies to fill. It implies influence. He comes to fill and to accomplish that which he has set for us. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort those who mourn and to provide those who grieve in Zion. When Peter was jailed, they pray in Acts chapter 12. You see, it is with prayer that we can come with such faith and with such boldness. They prayed so fervently that the building was shaken. Can you imagine this building shaking? That's how the Bible describes those that were there, that they were praying. They were all engaged in one thing and one thing alone, and it was that they were going to wait for God to do what he had promised to do. The vitality of the church is not predicated on location, language, wealth, but on the health of the praying members. I'm going to say that again. The vitality of the church is not predicated on location. It's not predicated on language or wealth, but on the health of its praying members for it to move forward. In other words, prayer is vital for the church to move forward. The early church was a going and a growing church because they understood the power in prayer. They understood that a church that is praying is not playing. They understood that a church is powerless without prayer. The Bible teaches us in Colossians 4 to devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful. In Acts chapter 1 verse 14, they says, they all joined together in prayer with Mary, mother of Jesus and his brothers. First, the Thessalonians teaches us to pray without ceasing. In the book, The Kneeling Christian, which is written by an unarmed author, it says this, Churches are not aflame because there is no little prayer. The Lord is as powerful today as he was yesterday and the day before and a century ago. We must be assured of this, that the secret of all failure is our failure in secret prayer. If we want to have experienced growth in our lives, if we want to see it numerically and individually, this area of our life, we must gradually and every day improve towards praying in our secret closet. 
Today we say that and we believe that prayer is a power on the, on the earth. Does prayer indeed move the hand of God? It certainly does. It is God's common language for humanity. We don't need clever gimmicks or tricks, but we need the power of the prayer of the righteous that can transform any meeting, reach any heart, change any life, no matter where we find ourselves. And the early church understood that to grow, you needed to pray. We must fully rest assured of this. A man's influence in the world cannot be gauged by his eloquence or his zeal or his orthodoxy or his energy, but by his prayers. Give me a man that knows how to pray and he will move heaven and earth. Give me a woman that knows how to pray, she will move heaven and earth. Give me a young person that understands prayer, he or she will move heaven and earth. It's not about energy, it's not about charisma, it's not about intellect. It's about the man and the woman that understands when they bow their knees and they confess to God and call on God, he responds. So how does prayer help? Prayer redirects our attention to the things pertaining to the kingdom. Those that were there in the upper room were praying for God to bring his kingdom to earth. Prayer helps because it brings us closer to God. James 4, verse, chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Psalms 145, verse 18, the Bible says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. How does prayer help? Prayer ushers us into God's presence. See, the Old Testament, the people needed for the priest to go and advocate for them. But in the New Testament, because Jesus died and the veil is torn, now you and I have free access to go before the Father and say prayers and offer them up on behalf of ourselves and behalf of the people. We no longer need a priest to go because our high priest has sacrificed for us. And now you and I have access to the throne of grace and we can come confidently and boldly before God that he will hear the prayers of his people. How does prayer help? It, it, prayer calms us. Prayer can restore peace to our lives and those around us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 17, give your, all your cares to God for he cares about you. How does prayer help? Prayer changes things. Elijah prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land. But then he prayed again and the heavens gave rain for Elijah. Anna prayed earnestly in the temple. She could not have a child and God heard her. And he granted her a child. There are moments when prayer will change circumstances. And then there are moments where prayer will change us. There are moments where prayer changes circumstances, but then there are moments where prayer changes us. How many can say amen to that? Prayer is not just about out, it's also about us, it's about individual. 
And so power, there is power in prayer. My second point this morning it was that it was a loving church. Verse 32. Love caused them to share with others. They had fellowship. How and why? Because God is the fountain and the source of love. The Bible teaches us that God is love. And love enabled them to give to those who were in need. Love enabled them to put away their differences. Love united them. Love allowed them to respond to crisis. Love allowed them to put away all divisions, cultural, riches, societal that were placed on them. It was love that brought them and kept them together. And so if we're going to be a growing church in the 21st century, we must understand that it is a praying church and a loving church that will come to see the hand of God move and usher us into the next level, dimension that he has for us. It is this kind of love that brings revival. They began to love things above. They lost their desire for earthly possessions. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 44 to 5, it says, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in righteousness. It is by his grace you have been saved. You see, for God to work in an environment, God works in an environment of unity and oneness. The sharing aspect does not point whether it was a command of God or not, but it points to the hearts and the attitudes of the people that were there. So their sharing really reflects in a, a, a condition of their heart and their attitude. So what is the sound of love? How does it sound in our day to day? First, let me tell you that the sound of love in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 Jesus teaches us, come to me who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. The sound of love sounds like this, do not let your hearts be troubled. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. The cross not only stands as a manifestation of an ugly death, but a beautiful picture towards humanity. In our weariness, loneliness, and rejection, Christ found us. And so they're sharing that love with one another. And how do we exercise love? The Bible teaches us in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. Amen. For love is long-suffering. Yes, it is. Isn't it? Long-suffering. In fellowship of love, Man will be drawn to the Father's house. Yeah. So, so what is the distinction of the church today? And how will they know that we have Christ in our hearts? How? How we love one another. They don't care about the building or we got great lights or we got great musicians. What the world wants to see and wants to know is, can you love one another? And that will be the proof that we are praying, church. That we have Christ in our hearts. And that we're committed to kingdom living. How will they know? Because we are a church that pursues unity. How will the world know? Because we live in harmony with one another. 
We're able to settle our differences. You and I are representative of the kingdom of God. And the world does not need more science and more intellectuals. What the world is looking for and what the church needs to have is expanded hearts. Expanded hearts. That we're willing to sacrifice our sleep for a brother and take a call at 3 o'clock in the morning. That we're not bothered when they say, hey, I need you to go somewhere. There's a sister or a brother that needs some help. That we're willing and able and we say, Lord, send me. Here I am. I'm ready to go. That is the church. That we would be filled with Christ. And that is the secret of a growing church. My third point this morning and my last point In verse 33, it was a witnessing church. The Bible teaches us that they all spoke with boldness. With great power, the apostles witnessed and gave proclamation to Jesus Christ, to his healing power, to his deliverance. They understood that the altar of God needed to have a sound coming out. They were called to witness In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, they were called to reach others with a boldness that reaches out to the world. You see, to be little with God in prayer is to be little for God in service. The Holy Spirit is available to us to help us to move into action. When we don't know what to say or how to say, it is the Holy Spirit who helps us and equips us to be witnesses of God here on earth. You may not have a lot to say, but with what you say, it can be impactful and transformative for the live who needs to hear this word of God. And sometimes it isn't even the word, it is your testimony that speaks. Spiritual work is dependent on prayer. We must depend on him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward or the musicians. We have said that the early church was a praying church. That it was born in a prayer meeting. That it understood the need to be before God. To receive the infilling, indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It understood that prayer was what would bring us closer to God. That it would cause us to be united and to bring fellowship with one another. We understand that it is a loving church that will reach the world for Jesus. It is the unity and it is God the fountain and the source of all love that keeps us united and in one accord. The church today stands as a beacon of light to the world. How? Because we are praying, we are loving, and we are witnessing. The gospel is unstoppable when these three areas are in order. They change the world, and Elohim, God is calling us to change the world. God is calling us to go forth. God is calling us to be life-giving, life-changing, and life-imparting. The church is called to be life-giving. I might not have silver or gold, but what I do have, let me give to you. The the church is called to be life-changing. 
Let me help you in this area. Let me walk with you. And the church is called to be life imparting. I know someone who can carry your burdens. I know someone who loves you, who died for you, who transformed my life and is ready to transform your life. And that is the God that we serve. So if you could just stand with me for a moment. The early church was a growing church. But how many know that with growth comes difficulty? It was not without its imperfections. It was not without its trials or difficulty or persecution, because we see it in chapter 4. But we can glean from the early church as a 21st century church that if we want to grow, if we want this message to reach others, it is because we're a praying church, a loving church, and a witnessing church. And if we want to grow, it won't, because, it won't be because of the name of the church. It won't be because we got 49 Google reviews and we got five stars on that. It won't be because we got a new building. It won't be because of the methods, although those are important. It will be because God is here. It is because God is here. Because from this altar, there are voices being raised and lifted up. In your home, there are voices being lifted up. It is because we love one another deeply and passionately. And it's because we want to see all come to Jesus that compels us and moves us forward. It won't be because of our ceremonies or because we have family camp that people will come. It'll be that we're praying, supporting, and loving one another. The Bible teaches us that in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19. So to the 21st century church, Elohim, let our message be Jesus Christ. Crucified and risen with power and with all glory. Let it be said of this church that we're not fanatical or religious, but faith building and spiritually refreshing. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before your presence this morning. You're here in this house. And just as you called the early church, you're calling us to the next. And you're calling us to more. You're moving things and moving people and places, Lord. But Father, help us at this hour, at this moment, to understand that what moves your heart is a people that are 
praying, loving you and loving one another. And what will cause us to be effective in this world, in this hour, at this time, will be the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that will give us boldness and usher us out to witness to the world. If God has spoken to your heart this morning, if you say, I need prayer, I want to pray with you. If you haven't made Jesus Lord of your heart, I invite you to come forward. We want to pray with you. We believe God is here and doing something new and afresh at this very hour, at this very moment. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life. 